You are listening to Paul Cook Talks. He does other things too. Well, it's just my um, honor to talk to my new buddy, Michael Midget from HomeWise. I thought it would be really cool to just talk with you, not in that same exact, uh, you know, mindset where we are. I mean, it's hardcore, great information every weekend, every Sunday at 9 a.m. So it already aired today. First off, let me say hello, Michael. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Good, man. Thanks for uh, chatting with me a little bit. Hey, it's always fun talking to you, and um, I'm glad you consider me a friend because the feeling is mutual. Oh, buddy, thank you very much. Okay, so I'm not going to do a question like, say, uh, Barbara Walters would do, where it would be this, who is Michael Midget? You know what I mean? Or or I'll make you cry or something, but I am curious. uh, You know, we love to start with it, and I've mentioned it before, and you know I know. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Hazelwood East High School right here in St. Louis, Missouri. So I was born, raised here, and I like to say never made it out. <laughs> yes, yes, you exactly. And I've always, you know, yeah, you're a humble guy, but you were the valedictorian, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, I was that too. I uh, I sort of remember that. Yeah, was that a different guy? Well, you know, same body. Yes. Well, maybe not <laughs> older body. No. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, we grow and mature over the years, but same person, sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. It's like you asked me if Paul Cook was different in high school versus now. I'm sure there'd be some people that say no, but I'm sure, well, I know a very different human being. And you do, you get more confident, you get more uh, figuring out who you are. Let's stay back there a little bit. Where did you go to college? Went to college right here in St. Louis at University of Missouri, St. Louis. And you do get uh, an accounting degree? I had an accounting degree, um, bachelor of science in accounting, emphasis in accounting. And uh, that was way back in 92. And, um, college was a fun time. Yeah. Pretty cool. Right. When I got out of, yeah, it was, you know, it was, I had a successful college career, let's say, you know, <laughs> yeah. I was just, it was, I was well suited for it. It was well suited for me. And, um, you know, I did, I did well at that also, Good. you know, and, um, when, and the reason I say that is because, that's sort of where it ended for a while, you know, cause when I, when I left college and I went into the real world, mm-hmm. um, that's, you know, that, that was a tough transition for me. Um, partially because I was so young. Um, I got out of college about a year early. Oh, wow. Okay. So, and I, I mean, I probably wouldn't have been ready even if I hadn't gotten out early, but, and I got thrown into a job that uh, is accounting, you know, like big six accounting. So I went straight from never having had a real job before to like 80 hour work weeks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Cause right. So, because that's just kind of how public accounting is. And on top of that, I, it, I graduated mid year. So, and I went straight in. So it was tax season, oh. which is like, it's like a double job anyway. <laughs> so it was like the, like the perfect storm, worst of all worlds. And it was such a stark difference in contrast compared to what I was used to 
that it, it was just, it was difficult for my young self yes. to, to make that transition. Well, you really are considered to not have had your, uh, you know, all of us, our brains aren't mature fully yet at that age, 20 or 21, and you're being put into a fully mature brain system at that time. Yeah. And, you know, it's too bad. Like we, you know, the old saying, like, you know, young and dumb, hmm. um, <laughs> really you gotta, that's something that that's the perspective you get in the rear view mirror. I mean, you can't appreciate it until you get past it, turn around and look back and see like how little we really did know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it just, that's, that's the way it was. That's the way it was for me. And, um, it was just, it was a difficult time. And I, you know, I, you know, I say it that way because ultimately, you know, they say things happen for a reason. Right. Right. So it was, it was that experience that I had where, I mean, I remember the day when, um, more or less I was asked to leave, (laughs) you know, if you don't resign, we're going to fire you and that's going to look bad. So even though a resignation doesn't look good, it doesn't look as bad as if we fired you. So uh, my recommendation is you should just, you know, resign on your own. Like, okay, I can take a hint. Like I'm dumb. I'm not that dumb. Um, I can take a hint. So, um, but you know, that's, you know, the old, you know, when one door closes, another door opens and we don't always see that right away. Um, but that is what opened the door to ultimately what I do, what I do today. Wow. Well, I want to get to that, but uh, let's stay in the pain a little bit longer, which is so funny. Uh, I mean, it does. It, that is what creates a lot of uh, great growth. And I think we've, we've talked about this a little bit on your radio show, HomeWise, HomeWise Radio, homewiseradio.com. You're listening to Paul Cook Talks with Paul, of course, and Michael Midget. Okay, so... You mentioned a little bit, or you alluded to that you kind of got to be, well, you, you thought of ways to do things that you thought were maybe better. They probably were, you were kind of thinking out of the box and, and is that one of the reasons you were asked to leave in that you kind of, I wouldn't say the word know it all, but you were knowing better and maybe that was challenging people. You know, from what I remember looking back, that's probably the way I would sum it, sum it up, Mm. summarize it all is you know, that, that word you use, you know, the know it all. Um, <laughs> it, it wasn't just, it wasn't just that, you know, mm-hmm. but that is certainly it worked into the, to the, to, you know, to the mix. Yeah. To that equation. Um, and it's, you know, that's, yeah, you know, the corporate world, um, I mean, you know, it, it serves a purpose. It needs to be there and all that, but it doesn't mean we can't poke a little fun at it at least. Yes. So, um, that is, it doesn't work very well to when you go in and you start, you know, rocking the boat. Yeah. So things are done for a reason that they're done a certain way. There's a hierarchy. You're supposed to know your mm. place. And because I came in the way I came in at the age and the speed at which I was just kind of thrown into this, they bypass, like I didn't get to go through the orientation, piece, yeah. which is probably where you get taught, you know, like, Mm-hmm. at least some semblance of, of this, you know, they just kind of threw me in. So, you know, what are you doing? You get thrown in a swimming pool and you don't really know how to swim. You just fight and kick and you do whatever your gut tells you to. And, you know, part of that for me was 
you know, looking at a process and like, man, I just don't, you know, I look at it. Okay. They didn't tell me how to do it. So I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. My way I think is the right way. Cause we all think our way is the right way, you know? And, um, certainly then that Absolutely. way included like, Hey, you know what? I don't like, I, I mean, I know you have like told me that you've marked this up and you send it back to me three times, but <laughs> like, if you don't like what I'm doing, why don't you just fix it yourself? Yeah. Yeah. You know? no, I don't I have to have do have the filter. Yeah, I didn't that well. I yeah, exactly because we're I'm just about getting the work done. Yeah, because right? ultimately, isn't that like the goal? You know, yeah, <laughs> like just get the work done. We can get paid and we can go home. Right. We don't have to. Maybe we don't have to work the eighty nine thousand hours a week. Yeah. To get this done. Isn't that funny though? That's but something we learned. Yeah. That, you know, it's not all about yeah. getting the work done. It's there's a big ego involved with some of these folks. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have the filter to be you know like aware of what I was <laughs> the bigger, the bigger meaning of what I was doing or saying, you know? So, yeah, I totally get um, it. Well, uh, let me ask real quick. What is big six accounting? Oh, big six accounting was, um, so back in during this time, I think this was like 1992. So about 30 years ago, um, there were six considered big accounting firms. Oh, okay. So like if you're a company like, uh, you know, like fortune 500 companies, they have to hire public accounting firms to do their books and that, so that, um, when they, when, uh, like the stock market and other investors and people that are putting money into the company and, you know, borrowing, you know, companies borrowing money and that they need an an unbiased third party that can, uh, produce those statements. So you need a, you need a big and powerful enough firm to stand behind, you know, stand behind those. So, you know, loosely they were like slang. That's like an industry inside the industry thing. Big six. Well, aren't six of them anymore. There's last time I looked and paid any attention to it. There were only four Wow. um, because they merged, they have merged and all that stuff. But, um, I know what you mean, though. Accredited and able to be defended, and uh, in many ways, that you had kind of made it in the accounting world. And uh, you know, it sounds like to me, as we've heard, that it didn't quite work out because it wasn't really part of your personality. And that's what brings us to, I mean, not maybe the great asset of your personality and and knowing more about you and how you want to find new ways to do things. And you have, um, what did it spring about? What was the next step of your, uh, evolution and in your career to what you're doing now? Well, when I, um, got booted out of there, (laughs) I is when I fell into and discovered the mortgage industry, Mm. um, which is, was remarkably different than compared to what it is now. Okay. See back in, back in that day, um, you, there wasn't, uh, like a loan company on every single corner and, you know, we didn't have the internet yet and all that kind of stuff. So there wasn't, the just the proliferation of, of all that yeah. kind of thing. There were a lot fewer choices in that. And basically it broke down into you either went to a bank for a loan or you uh, went to what amounts to a finance company, which we really, we don't have that same entity today in the same way. Um, 
because there's other channels to get the loans that those companies provided. But if you're, if you remember companies like American general commercial credit and household finance and some of those things, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're not, they weren't loan sharks or loan like pawn, you know, like payday loan places or like yeah. that. They were, they were, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't, I, there's really isn't a good comparable for them. Yeah. Not now. You know, for right. Them but it was go to the bank anymore. Or go to one of, of those. It's kind of evolved out of that. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, if you went to the bank, you know, like a, you know, like a boatman's bank, which boatman's not mm. around anymore, got bought out by the merged into bank of America. But back then it was like boatman's bank and it was a big, you know, like the building you go in and it smells funny. That's what I remember as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it was just like, it just smells funny in here. I don't know, maybe it's what money smells like. Um, uh, you know, you either went to the bank and you literally had to walk on water and beg and like that whole like thing that people describe what it's like to go to a bank and ask for money. They really called the shots and there weren't a lot of games in town and they really had control of that. And if you didn't meet their standards or they didn't want to make you the loan, you really had very few choices after that, except for a finance company. And they were all the way on the other end of the spectrum as far as costs and prices and that. And so when I found myself kind of floundering around looking for something to do, I discovered and fell into mortgage industry, this little known kind of uh, like wrinkle in the thing called a mortgage broker. Yeah. I mean, that's something you said it, that wasn't, it sounds like something we all know today, but you found it before. I mean, you were doing it right at the beginning and it's an interesting timing, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. At this time, when when I um, when I got my license, there were there were only about a hundred licensees in the state of Missouri. Mm. Mm. So today, there's thousands and thousands and thousands. Um, Interesting, you know, like too many to even count. Yeah. So there were, you know, there you know there were very few, and it was just it was something that was sort of new and people didn't really know, you know, know what to say about it. But when I got into it and I started to learn about, you know, like, okay, you know, explain like, what are we doing? How does this work? Oh, people are. Okay. So, I mean, I really like had to learn it mm-hmm. from the ground up, but I'm, I was well see. So this goes back to what I said. I did well in college. I did well in college. I really learned how to learn things. Mm. And when I applied that, process to learning this thing. And then compared to what we learned in, in business school, what I learned in accounting and all that I started to fall back and utilize the things that I had learned that I wasn't like, I wasn't getting paid to do accounting, but I was using the, the, uh, like the training and the, the knowledge that I gained mm-hmm. from learning accounting and applying that in another sense, basically to personal finance. And that's sort of when everything started to line up. And I was like, Oh, you know what? I get this. This makes total sense. And then I was like, Oh, okay. And it turns out that mortgage brokers were able to exist very nicely in this middle ground in between a bank 
and the finance company. So if you weren't good enough to go to the bank and everybody was sitting at finance companies, well, now there was this new option in here. Mm-hmm. And so we could turn around and we could go to all the people who were already at finance companies and say, Hey, you're at, you know, 12%, 14%, 15%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were really that high back then wow. partially because of the time it was, but also, um, that's just the terms that they went under, right? Because yeah. you couldn't go to the bank and get eight. So you're going to be at American general and pay 14. But wow. when you look at the credit, it's like, well, this credit is perfectly fine. you just don't like, you don't, you're not clean enough to make it at the bank. Yeah. But there's a really good nine or 10% loan here for you. Very That's a heck of a lot. It's, it's not as good as eight, not as good as eight, but it's a heck of a lot better than 14. Yeah. And so this was like music to their ears and there was no, there was no shortage of these. Like I still have in my, in my treasure chest of like artifacts, I still have the original, uh, papers where I did the research where I went to the public records and I would look up all the loans, write down all the names and then go find all the addresses and then look up the phone numbers. And then back then you could, you know, you could call people. Yeah. Yeah. And you just call them and say, Hey, you know, Mr. Mrs. Brown or Anderson or whoever, um, I've public records here. say you got a loan with XYZ finance company. I know XYZ finance company. They lend to credit worthy people at rates higher than 12, 13, maybe even 14%. Well, I get those same people 10%. Yeah. You know, you want me to see if I can do it for you. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was literally, and it's just like, how many calls could you make? You know? Wow. And so that was when one door closes, another one opens. And when you look at, I mean, the accounting gig was a good gig and it was a good job and it was, and it paid well. Yeah. But when you look at comparatively to this, which I mean, it didn't have a salary and didn't have all those things, but you knew what to do and how to do it. Then you could make, it wasn't difficult to replace what I was making. And then a short time later, well exceeded it. Wow. That is cool. The open sea of uh, this new land of milk and honey. As long as you were willing to put in the time and, uh, and dial the phone, you were going to be, you were going to be good. I love to hear that. And you know, there's, you expound on that a little bit more on your podcast or I call it a podcast. It's a radio show on uh, News Talk STL, where we are right now, 1019-941, and at homewiseradio.com, which is really interesting to me that you were right there. But I I just um, wrote down one word, and I underlined it, and I want to make sure I come back to it. And that's also why I mentioned homewiseradio.com, because there's more on that topic that you're talking about, which is really fascinating. But learn. You knew how to learn and you use that. I think that is a really fascinating thing about you because that's what you do today. You are constantly learning, aren't you? Yeah. And I don't just mean. I find that, well, learn, you know, it's something that's almost like a lost art. The learning that I'm talking about is when you really sit down and you get, I call it getting intimate with it. Like take something apart and you look at the pieces and you kind of rearrange them and see, Oh, they don't fit that way. They got to go this way. And this is why. And if you did, you know, you just kind of mess around with it and you, 
you learn the dynamics of everything and, you know, and, you know, and how it works. And that is, you know, how you really master a topic. And until you do those, do that kind of thing, you're never really going to know if what you're doing is the best way to do something or, you know, maybe there's a better way that somebody isn't telling you yeah, or that hasn't been discovered yet. And so I just, you know, the world that I'm, that I've, I guess, created for myself growing up or, you know, the way I've always approached business was just, I want to identify, I want to be the best. Yeah. I at least want to be the best I can be. And I just think that that's what people, I mean, that's really what people want, right? They want, yeah. the, you know, they always say it, I want the best, you know, give me the best, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe it's the best you can afford or the best I can find or the best I have access to, you know, and then you, mm. you know, you figure out where you fit in that, how far your resources will go. And then, but you're always like trying to get the best, the best that you can get. That's a huge so. tenant of you, and uh, I love what you said about pulling it apart, uh, taking a look, you know, maybe a different order, but learning it and putting in a little bit of time, time with it. And, you know, I, you just get committed. I know that's how you are, and, you, and you're, gonna, you're not going to finish till you learn it all. Where does, this is a, uh, we're making a left turn here, where and how does family come into that? I mean, when you're a guy who is as driven and focused as Michael Midget is on Paul Cook Talks, how does family move in there? Is that a learning uh, thing? Or tell us a little bit about that. Well, now that that can be a challenge. It's probably not the right, you know, criterion way to approach personal relationships and family. So, yeah. you know, being, <laughs> I guess, you know, being driven and people come in different shapes and sizes and flavors. And, you know, it's just, you know, to put like that type of criteria or I guess that intensity that way into a personal relationship, it you know, if it doesn't mesh well with, with the other people, then you're, that's going to, then the relationships are going to suffer, you know? And so, while I would like to instill that kind of thing, like my children, I have a 12 year old and a seven year old. Okay. And you know, it's, um, you know, I would, I like to get them interested in things. I like them doing things beyond just, you know, we call it being on a screen. Yeah. Um, you know, playing a video game or watching a TV or, you know, being on YouTube or whatever, you know, whatever it is they're doing. Um, I, just, I like there to be some like purpose or point or bigger picture behind it, you know, Absolutely. And there's room. Yeah. There's room for some of that, but you know, if you push too hard or too much <laughs> or force too much of that, um, it can go sideways quick. I was so. just going to say easier, great idea, easier said than done. And when it doesn't, <laughs> what do you do? How do you react? You know, when they aren't willing to do well, that, two dads talking. Well, about. I've just, yep. Yeah, I've learned to just back off mm. and, you know, cause it's, you know, if you, if, you know, if you keep in, if you keep on, um, Push like if you have a wound and you, you just keep touching it, you know, like I can't touch it. It can't heal. It can't do what it's, you know, it can't progress. Yeah. And the more, like if, if something has become inflamed, if it's, if it's in a position where it's not going in the right direction, the harder you try and force it into the right direction, 
the more it goes off course <laughs> in my experience. And so sometimes it's just good to at least begin with backing off and then you'll think of like, okay, you know, if I'm going at this, applying my own system to myself, what I really ought to be doing is how do I redirect this Yeah, without ending up down the same road that I had before. And sometimes that's possible and sometimes it isn't. So, Man. you know, at the end of the day, I like to say, we're just as people, we're just doing, we're trying to do the best we can. Well, buddy, I had planned to talk to you for eight to 10 minutes and learn about Michael Midget. And here we are at the end and I want to do more. Uh, and, you know, we're going to have to continue this, but that is just great advice. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Um, I want to tell you, you're growing as a show broadcaster and I'm excited that you're doing it the way you are. And I know it was brand new to you, but I've learned so much from you already. Well, thanks, Paul. I, you know, I've told you this from the beginning. I enjoy working with you. I enjoy talking to you and being around you. And um, you have so much to teach and such interesting ways of looking at things. Um, it's, you know, it's just, it's refreshing, you wow. know? Awesome. And uh, uh, especially like somebody with that doesn't have an agenda. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you watch the news or what's on TV and that you're always feel like there's something, there's something else going on behind the scenes or whatever. Yeah. And, um, so in today's world, it's easy to just think that's your blanket everywhere. But you know, I like to call it, this is a safe place. Yeah, you know? it is. And you, and that's right. That's what you do on HomeWise radio. I always like to think, uh, you know, and I know you are, you just want to help and provide service. And that's what I think is cool. I always said though, me, I'm not smart enough to have an agenda. <laughs> I just go, I just go. Well, buddy, uh, have, I like that though. Yeah. Have, that, that'll be, have to be our new byline. Maybe at some point. We'll, have to, yeah. some point. <laughs> well, good. I can't wait for next week. Uh, thank you so much for taking a little bit of your own personal time to chat on the, on the podcast, my friend. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a, it was a pleasure. 